Our scripture reading for this morning uh, comes from James. It's in the latter part of the New Testament, and we'll be reading from James chapter 3, verses 7 to 18. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in praise raise a harvest of righteousness. And then we'll turn to Proverbs 19 for our theme. We'll read verses 2 and 13. Verse 2, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but, in de- but delights in airing his own opinions. And verse 13, he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Thus far the reading. Thank you. Thank you. Sobering passages, aren't they? But important ones. Very important passages. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have been chiming in on what the decisions and the discussions at Synod 2023 were, our denomination's uh, uh, largest assembly, you may have come away from that a little disheartened, as I think many of us are, not so much at what Synod decides as the way in which they are deciding it, not so much about um, decisions that need to be made and directions set as much as the level of speech and the way that delegates talk to each other and about each other and about the rest of us. The Christian Reformed Church is no different from so many other denominations that are greatly divided at the moment over a number of issues, and um, 
the problem often becomes one of where we experience pain in our life, we like to strike back. And we like to strike back at whoever may be around. But that can be a dangerous thing. Because words can be very, very dangerous. And words can do a whole lot of damage. Consider uh, Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was a uh, sergeant in the um, uh, First World War. And he had a gun. And he probably shot it a few times in anger at the enemy. And who knows, he may have actually wounded or killed someone. A person or two. But Adolf Hitler killed and murdered many, many millions of people, not with that gun, but with his tongue, with his mouth. Not with what he did, but by what he said. And you know, that can also be true within denominations, within congregations. It can be true within our families and in our personal lives that we don't hurt people or injured them so much with physically what we do, but just by what we say. And that's why James is so sobering about the use of our tongue, the, the words we speak, what we say and what we do. You want to go to the next slide, please? So at Synod, I really had hoped and prayed, and I followed all of it. I'm a synod junkie. I love to see what happens there. But I was very distressed by what some people said. Do you want to go to the next slide? That's why we read this. Uh, Proverbs, by the way, is a book that shows us practical, God-given wisdom that helps us run our lives and live our lives the best possible way within God's good creation. This is what it says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, Hebrew word is tabuna, but only in expressing personal opinion. And I, uh, I love the Proverbs because you can dig and you can find all sorts of very interesting things in these very pithy little sayings. Tabuna is insight. And uh, the writer of Proverbs says, it's a fool, it's a foolish person who doesn't really want to understand, but just wants to air his or her personal opinions, whether they are right or wrong, unchecked, unfettered. They simply just want to tell us what they think without having thought about what it is they're thinking. Right? The, uh, the mouth is in gear while the brain... Uh, I'm sorry, the, the mouth is in action while the brain is not in gear. Right? That's a scary thing. And uh, then the, the, the writer goes on to say, not only that, but a fool doesn't care about understanding, but expresses personal opinion. Now, I like the Hebrew there much, much better because what the actual literal translation is... The fool lets his heart expose itself. Lets its heart expose itself. And you know, that's indecent exposure. It's the same term it would use for what would get you arrested if you exposed it in public. Well, the writer says in Proverbs, but many people do this. 
they uh, indecently expose their heart, their internal self, their real self. They, they indecently expose it simply by using their tongues in ways that they ought not to, by saying things that they ought not to say. And you know, that can cause a lot of damage, not only to the other people, but it can also damage your own reputation, right? Because if people think that you've got uh, that sharp tongue, they're going to start um, drifting away from you. You want to go to the next slide? This man is Alex Jones. Alex Jones is a very famous radio broadcaster in the Deep South in the United States. Alex Jones made millions upon millions of dollars in his radio broadcasts and uh, for many, many outrageous things he said. He also claimed that the Sandy Hook massacre never happened. You may remember in Sandy Hook many, many years ago where many children were shot to death. And uh, Alex Jones said it was just all a democratic ploy. It never really happened. It was just the uh, gun control enthusiasts who made up all these lies. And that story circulated around the Deep South for many, many months. Well, the parents, the grieving parents of those who lost their children took Alex Jones to court and they, uh, they gained a decision against Alex Jones and he had to pay them $53 million for his lies. And I, for one, said, Thank God there is still justice in America. But you know, the sad and distressing thing about that is that Alex Jones made millions upon millions well above the 53 million he had to spend on correcting and righting that wrong. In North America now, you can make a ton of money by telling lies. That's the bottom line here. It used to be that if you were exposed as a liar, you would hide in shame and nobody would listen to you anymore. In North America today, it's just the opposite. You can make a ton of money. You can become very famous just by telling lie after lie after lie, ranting and not listening to other people, and just putting your own silly ideas up there, even when it exposes the evil of your own heart, and you are going to be famous for it. That's really scary, isn't it? When lies become more profitable than the truth? That's the way it is, more and more in our society. And we must stop it. And we must speak out against it. And it must not be. And the church and the attitude in the church and the way we are talking to each other in church increasingly borrows from that culture in which we live 
maybe a lot of this is caused by being online, you know, these online rants. I never heard the word rant before I got online, right? And online, you can say anything you want. And you can just go on and on and on, and people can't stop you. But think about it, brothers and sisters. What is that doing to the integrity of our lives together as a denomination and as a congregation? When we begin to allow ourselves to rant and simply air our opinions, however silly they may be. And that's why James comes down so heavily on the tongue. You want to go to the next slide, please? This is what James says. The tongue is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Those are strong words. Those are really strong words. Why? Because you can do so much damage with your tongue. Damage to the world. Damage to your family. Damage to your loved ones and your friends. Damage in church if you say the wrong thing. And I love that children's message. That little bit, right? That little bit. If we only had little bits that we would control with the better redeemed parts of ourselves, right? Just mind your tongue. Because if you don't, it causes dysfunction, division, schism, where the church breaks apart even though we believe in the same Lord, the same God, the same Savior, the same Spirit, but we say, no, I can't worship with you anymore. And you can't worship with me, and I can't worship with you. How incredibly, incredibly sad that is. Where is the witness to the world that Jesus prayed about in his high priestly prayer just before he went to the cross to die for you and to me? He said, Father, make them one as I and you are one so the world will know that you and I are one. The world knows that Jesus and God the Father are one if they see the church being one. But so often we let our conversations split away from us, get away from us, sow contention and disunity and division among us. This is not to be, says James. That is not to be, says the Proverbs. You want to go to the next slide? If one gives answer before hearing, it is folly and shame. If one gives answer, if you talk before you listen, that is folly and shame. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth. There's a good reason for that. That's not a bad proportion for the amount that we should first listen and continue to listen before we speak. Right? Do your homework, says James. Don't just speak and give your opinion, however untested and untrue it may be. Find out to make sure you are right, that you speak the truth. And when you speak the truth, Paul says, speak the truth in love. 
Don't just think about being right, but think about using words that are going to let the person you are speaking to be able to understand the truth that you have and be able to accept the truth that you have and be able to act on the truth that you have. So do your homework first. Study up. Respond properly. You want to go to the next verse? The reason that is so incredibly important that we who are in Christ will converse together in that kind of spirit is this. John uh, quotes Jesus, and Jesus, just before he goes to be with God and leaves his disciples, he says, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. And the you in the Greek is plural. It's in the plural. It's basically you together when you speak. Make sure that when you speak together, you recognize that uh, the Holy Spirit will lead you together as you converse together into God's truth, into the truth that Jesus revealed to us. So when you speak, make sure that you speak in such a way that the Holy Spirit will fill your heart and your thoughts and your mind and your words. Because not to do that is a violation of community, the community that God himself has given us and created through giving us his son, Jesus. Abraham Lincoln, you want to go to the next slide? Said this, Better to be silent and thought a fool than to speak and dispel all doubt. Better to be silent and thought a fool than to speak and dispel all doubt. It's a good way to put it, I think. But let's put it more positively, shall we? Let's put it more positively. Contribute insight and not ignorance. Contribute love through your words and not hate. Contribute unity and not disharmony. Make a contribution not just by the money you put in the collection plate, not just by all the talents and gifts you share with your fellow brothers and sisters, but also make a positive contribution in the words you speak. And that's going to take some thought. And that's going to take some homework. That's going to take some working together. But it's so important. Just uh, let me give you a crude example here. You want to go to the next slide? Suppose this morning when that uh, collection bag came around, uh, instead of putting in money, you put in a used uh, Kleenex. You think the deacons would be happy with you? I don't think anybody would be happy with you, right? Certainly not the people next to you who saw what you were doing. Right? What's the difference with our words? The words we offer. If they are good words, 
upbuilding words, words that bring us together in the Lord Jesus, words that connect us through the Holy Spirit, then God indeed will bless our giving, our gift of words. Let's do that instead of doing the opposite. Let's give good gifts to one another through the words we speak, not just here in church, but also at home, in our families, with our friends, with our roommates, with the people we work with. Let our words be a gift to them. That's where the Scriptures are pointing us. Just want to close with one more quote from the Apostle Paul. You want to go to the next slide? Speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. As each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. I love playing with Legos. You like playing with Legos? I love playing with Legos. You build brick upon brick upon brick to make something beautiful. Words are Lego pieces. And don't you ever forget it. Amen. Our prayer of application this morning, we're going to sing it together in our next hymn. Let's stand and sing.